like, oh my god, it's like springtime for Hitler. (laughs) No, it seriously is. Like, uh, I don't know why, but like the aesthetic of it specifically, like of the of this weird like musical number, just reminded me of springtime for Hitler. Like that's the only thing that could keep like it just kept popping into my head like the whole time. I'm just like springtime for Hitler, springtime for Hitler, springtime for Hitler. Welcome to Fight with Mike. I'm Mike. And I'm Andy. And welcome back to another exciting episode as we continue our journey through the Indiana Jones movies. And today, Uh, you might notice my audio quality is drastically improved because I figured out how to properly use my audio interface, and now my mic is working right. Well, congratulations on that. I'm not sure if anybody would notice, but hopefully we will. I'm looking forward to it. I hope it sounds better. That's right. It should. Hopefully. Um, and yeah, well, it's a nice mic and hopefully we can use that. Like I said, uh, when we were, before we started, maybe we can start actually recording together instead of separately. Maybe. Um, but anyway, have to see, we will have to see, but I'm glad you figured it out. And, uh, yeah, so this one, we are going to tackle, um, the second movie in the four Indiana Jones movies, Temple of Doom. This one's, this one's a doozy folks. I will, uh. I will say that much right off the bat. Yeah, the last one was kind of a love fest, but I feel as we it, it watch this one... It was a love fest one, with, some, with some discussions of some problematic elements, but this is going to be a lot to unpack. It's going to be a lot. The the, the, the kind of hints and, and kind of what felt like, maybe not mild is the wrong word, but certainly... The, um, the, uh, the problematic undertones of of uh raiders become problematic overtones of temple of doom is what i would say right well i would say the the excellence of the first movie tended to overshadow or at least somewhat mask some of the other problematic issues with it yeah um they're still there but um yeah but this one maybe not so much but uh hey before we uh before we just dive into that you know we'll kind of hold that off and kind of go through our our uh couple of our other segments we'll start with state of the pod indeed um we continue to have a healthy dose of listeners again basically ad supported cuz i um put out a you know a um, fairly inexpensive ad to try to drain uh drain try to gain some listeners for draining listeners that's a different problem um where we kind of knocked it out of the park with uh, with JoJo's that had like over 200 listens. This one had a healthy 80 to 90. Um, and I also put out a small ad for the first of the Star Wars episodes, and that picked up a few more listeners. Uh, got up to like over 100. Yeah, so, I mean, hey, we're doing we're doing um, you know, we're doing pretty well with these with with these newer episodes. Like 80 to 90 listeners is still more than we were getting before, even if they're not <laughs> retaining. You know what I mean? But yeah, it's going to be hard to tell. I mean, we got some... Hey, if, um, if we even pick up like one or two people off of each of these, you know, it's uh, that's something. Yeah, I think that it's kind of settling in that this is, uh, if to try to grow this thing, is going to be, uh, you know, a, uh, a long, um, time-consuming process that uh, will require some Nothing effort. Nothing grows but without consistency. That is true. And so that's why we're doing weekly and why you guys are getting an extra dose and another dose of uh, Fight with Mike so early. 
So hell yeah. Um, so yeah, that's hell a good. Yeah, brother. All right, brother. <laughs> Moving on, and uh, yeah, in in the vein of that, and keeping the pod healthy. Um, anybody social if you, media. If you uh, if you like what you hear, please uh, subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to us. And uh, find us on social media. We have an Instagram, fight underscore with underscore Mike underscore official. And then on Facebook, we have a page, Fight With Mike Podcast. Um, So it should be pretty easy to find us. Um, You can also go to anchor.fm, Fight With Mike, to find our homepage that has links to all the different platforms we're on and yada, yada, yada. You can find us everywhere everywhere that's right we're not on youtube we're not on youtube but we are omnipresent we're close to omnipresent that is true all right on to ravenous ravenous consumption consumption. trademark trademark that one that one we filed the paperwork for just recently actually we uh we officially have royalties on that phrase now oh if you ever say it if you ever say it um you're gonna have to pay us so that's that's fair (laughs) um yeah that's how it works um all right andy i I know i'm listed first but you go first what are you assuming okay you want me to talk about my ravenous consumptions i do sure Sure. um well i uh i'm still doing the continuing saga of doom eternal um the sequel to the 2016 doom game it is considerably harder (laughs) um it's definitely a different vibe. Uh, like they 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 amped up a lot of the arcadey elements from the uh from from the 2016 Doom and they made it sort of I guess a little bit more in step with what the the franchise used to be kind of about. Um so that's what I'm doing on that front. But what I really started new this past week or so was I started playing uh Dai Gyakuten Saibon or as it's known in English, the Great Ace Attorney. Um, it's a Japanese only, um, game in the Ace Attorney series that takes place in Meiji era Japan, uh, slash Victorian London takes place in, in both countries. Um, but so (laughs) it's normally only Japanese because the, um, the, the company couldn't get the rights to license it or to, to localize it because Sherlock Holmes is in the game. Um, and in Japan, in Japan, in Japan, Sherlock Holmes is entirely public domain. But in the West, um, the Conan Doyle estate still has rights to like ten Sherlock Holmes stories, and they basically use that as legal precedent to uh, make copyright claims on literally anything involving Sherlock Holmes. So wait, so, what in Japan do they just have a different time frame for when things enter the public domain? I'm I'm not sure exactly how it works. I just know that for some reason they can get away with it there and they couldn't get away with it in the West. Okay. Um but yeah, so uh but these these lovely people uh in a group called Scarlet Study made an English translation of the game where they basically uh had people pouring over every piece of text in the game which if you know what Ace Attorney is, they're they're it's they're visual novels. So basically, they are um, they're they're entirely text driven. It's like playing a text based adventure game, mm-hmm. but it's all dialogue. Um, so dude, that sounds like a some, lot. It sounds like some it's serious, a lot of text. Seems like some serious translate. neck neckbeard stuff that we're talking about here. Um, I would be <laughs> lying if I said it wasn't. But luckily, 
I can't actually grow <laughs> facial hair, so I right. therefore cannot be a neckbeard. Well, I mean, um, on a, that's I'm a tec- safe. I'm at, safe from the neckbeard, from that's, neckbeardism. That's a technicality, I think, Yeah, pretty much. Well, you know I'm, what? Uh, it's, a, it's appropriate. Legal technicalities. It's a lawyer um, game. Andy, and also a, uh, a perfectly acceptable response is, fuck you, Dad. So... Yeah, well, you know what? I, I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm just teasing you. Um, <laughs> but I have to admit, having you walking around humming that theme song from that is catching in my head. So which one? There's like six that I that I um I don't know I go around whistling at different points in the day. I'm probably not going to do it here on the air, but um, no, yeah, you yeah don't do it. I'm but... not gonna. Yeah, that's that's just. I mean. I mean, it's kind of dicey radio to begin with, but I think if I start doing that, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So no, uh, it's I'll... not going to turn into a uh, into an acapella Ace Attorney soundtrack <laughs> concert, uh, right? I don't right. think that's a good. Uh, I don't think that's a good plan. Right. I think we should be going more esoteric with the show so that fewer people can latch onto it. So, um, so I'll start humming some some uh, theme songs and start driving people away in droves. There you but, go. But um, so Perfect you plan. Thanks, man. Um, so that's it for you. That's pretty much it for me. I, I don't really have much else. Yeah. So for me, um, the big thing for me is I just finished up season two of the boys that last, last episode came out on Friday. And, uh, is that when they were releasing them every week? Yeah. I think they came out at like midnight or something on Friday and, um, (laughs) odd um, release time. Yeah. I just think it's just how they do things. You know, it's whatever. But uh, I somehow managed to hold off until Saturday night, and I watched it last night, and it did not disappoint. It, I mean, I, maybe I'm kind of sounding underwhelming when I, but what I really mean was it was pretty fucking awesome. Um, and no it, spoilers. I still haven't seen it. No spoilers. It leaves it off in a pretty good place where they can take it in a new direction, and that's all I'll say. In a um, new direction. Slightly new. Slightly new. Uh, but I don't want to say anything more. I think we talked about earlier, maybe we'll have a um, a uh, spoilery season review episode at some point, you know. Yeah, that's that sounds like a good plan, so. Works for me. Um, yeah, so I really enjoyed that. Um, and Mom and I started watching Succession, uh, which is the HBO show about a a super rich media family that are all really so far mostly unlikable characters it's not related to the crown no it's not related to the crown it's more the it's, crown it's kind of like what i'd imagine like the murdoch family being or something but uh the murdoch family well but basically you know the owner of fox and all that oh oh, yeah. oh my god so but i mean they don't it's not political in that sense the uh the family they don't really talk about politics or anything like that but i mean they're just um it's basically about they're all they're all just like constantly backstabbing each other um and the egos are just insane and and um uh it's just i i enjoy the show but mainly enjoy hating the characters more than anything else <laughs> at this point which is maybe the whole point of the show hey um, but that's 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 a form of enjoyment so you know what job done job, job well done. done job done um yeah, and uh, so we started. We started that. We were a couple episodes in on that, and then uh, I, the Walking Dead came back with its finale for the end Dude, of season. Dude, how the 10. fuck are you still watching that show? How uh, I don't know. It's just it's 
it's um it's my warm place that I go to with zombies ripping the shit out of people. Um, I, I couldn't even make it past like season four. It just uh, got so boring to me. No, season five actually was great. Actually, season five was one of the better of of all of them, really. Um, was it though, or are you just an apologist for Walking Dead? No. So for me, um, seasons one and two were great. Season three was good but uneven. Season four, dude, and... the, the character writing went went down the fucking drain in season three. Uh, it was tough. Season four, I, f- I felt, and season five really took it into some really interesting and dark places. Um, darker. Oh, really? I thought season four was boring as sin. No. No, I mean... Honestly. Well, season four, they're just kind of on the run, right? And That's just... what killed it for me. That whole season. Just so boring. Um, what can I say? I didn't. I found, I found the evolution... Um, of their path and trying to find a new safe haven and all that stuff. I found that interesting. Um, season five was great. And then where it really started to kind of decline was halfway through season six, when they started to introduce the whole savior storyline. Um, and that went on for like two years. And, it, you know, I don't know why it just, maybe it's a habit. I don't know. I tend to want to complete things. Um, and it never got so bad. Yeah, but it's that... never it's never going to end, though. No, it is going to end. They've announced season eleven will be the last season. Oh, really? But... I thought season ten was supposed to be the end. No, but th- no, they just finished season ten, so they they just showed the uh, the delayed finale for season ten last week. But I mean, they're they're not going to end the what they're calling the Walking Dead universe. That's going to go on forever, or at least until they dreadful really, till they really finally milk it of its last ounce of of money Uh, on the subject of walking dead actually they're doing these like they're doing this thing for magic where they print like these unique like actual magic cards that are tournament legal that are just walking dead characters and i really hate it that sounds pretty bad yeah it's terrible well, it's a cash cow, and people will find ways to try to milk everything they can get from it. Yeah. Um, but for me, you know, after they got rid of the Savior storyline, and they finished that up, and they changed the writing staff, um, seasons 9 and 10 were improved quite a bit. I think the problem is is that by the time you reach seasons 9 and 10 of a show, you can you can certainly improve it, but it's... You're it's, already way too bought in by that point. Yeah, I mean, you can improve it, but, I mean, it's never going to be what it was. So it's good that they're kind of ending it. They are going to try to do some other shows. And actually, I watched the first episode of one of the new shows last week. I guess I should have put that in here. Um, and it, I don't doing, know. Wait, how many different Walking Dead cinematic universe shows are there? So there's Walking Dead. There's Fear of the Walking Dead. Yeah. There's... Uh, uh, beyond something, I can't remember what it's called. Oh, the world beyond. Beyond Thunderdome. <laughs> kind of close. It's the world beyond. I think it's called. Um, What's that? What's what the hell's the premise of that? So they've been kind of building up in the show to this. Uh, spoilers, anybody? But to this kind of, um, they've been kind of seeding across the different shows this notion of this organization that is, um, it's kind of this paramilitary group that. It's very sh- uh, shady and shadowy at this point. We don't know much about it. Um, 
they just have kind of popped up for different points, kind of being menacing, but sometimes helpful, and it's not quite sure what they're after. Um, the Rick Grimes character was, we think, handed off to these people at some point, we don't, and that's what the movies are going to be based on. Wait, they're uh, doing movies? They're doing TV movies based on the Rick Grimes Ugh. character. So, oh, my God. Yeah, I, I'm going to watch all of them. So just Wait, just, is he dead yet? No, he's not In the dead. main continuity? Oh, my God. No. No, it, so his exit from the show was being kind of handed off to these people. But anyway, I'm watching this. The, the new show is kind of like this this compound of, of young, of not young people, but it's a community of people. It's pretty large. Um, they've kind of survived, and there's they're part of this wider group of of uh, communities. And one of them is, is this kind of paramilitary group that they don't know anything about. They just periodically have contact with them. They have people go off to help them do whatever research they're going to do to try to help, quote unquote, find a cure. Hmm. Um, but some, not to spoil it, so, but basically by the end of the first episode, you find out they're not really as helpful as you think they're going to be. So anyway, I, I mean, at, at this point, I'm just a sucker for this shit, so I'm just going to keep going. And I'm going to make no apologies, so, you know, what can I say? Hey, I mean, you like what you like, but, but I I'll still... never understand why. <laughs> thanks man that's just what it boils down to like i'm never gonna understand why people like walking dead yeah and i'm never gonna be able to probably pick up an ace attorney so i think we're even yeah there you go yeah um i don't i don't expect the average general population to like lawyer video games <laughs> <laughs> that's probably fair <laughs> who 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 in their right mind would expect that like <laughs> Uh, I don't know, but you and Sammy and those guys have really latched. Like Sammy plays it a lot, right? I mean, he's played all of the ones that, like, pretty much all. He's played all the available ones that are like easily available in the U.S. Right. Uh, wait, are you gonna get in trouble for announcing here on this show that you you found this game? Uh, no, I actually obtained it legally. Oh, good. Okay. I I obtained it entirely legally, actually. Good. All right. Well, yeah. I'm glad we didn't out you for anything illegal. That would be bad. That would be that bad. That would be pretty bad. That would be bad. That. Yes. That would be I wrong. I can't condone. I could never condone something like that. As neither could I. But also, I thought I should point out that I'm also making my way through Always Sunny also. So Ah, yes. Yeah. Yep. The classic. Yes. And that's kind of our really extended consumption segment. Sorry, everybody. But, uh... <laughs> yeah, we ended up talking for a little bit about that. <laughs> right, because you couldn't stop shitting on The Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah, sorry. That's all right. Too That's bad. fine. That's all right. Speak your mind, son. Um, and we're on to, uh, was it Geek News Patent Pending, right? That's her name? Yes. Can you file the paperwork on that? Um, it's it's in progress. It's in, in progress. progress. Have you have you been dealing with the lawyers? Yeah. So I've been talking to Gerald, and um, it's looking like the patent's going to be delayed a little bit more. So unfortunately, you know, litigation is difficult when you're when you're you know when you're dealing with the patent office. So we're it's coming down the pipe. Don't worry. All right. The good. patent is pending. Well, I uh, I trust you with that. So, um, but uh, yeah, on to the news. So I don't. Since we moved up to weekly, I didn't really uh, capture a whole lot. But one thing caught my eye was some Batman news. There were a couple of articles that um, got published on We Got This Covered about uh, rumors about um, Robert Pattinson 
uh, didn't really have COVID. It was a cover because he was difficult on set. And that sounds like conspiracy bullshit, right? There's this guy. All these, all these like rumors come. From, those like, kinds we, of people are like, they, they're, those are the kinds of people who believe like QAnon and shit. Well, the uh, the guy they keep quoting for a lot of these things is a guy, a YouTuber named Doomcock. Have you ever heard of him? I don't know. I, I can't know. say I know him. So he actually has had, I guess, some some good scoops, but but uh, even in these articles, they say that this is you know kind of unconfirmed, and you know it's. Uh, you know, take it with a grain of salt, as they said. But, but you know, there's always this talk about like, uh, you know, people want to like find drama, you know, behind things that are probably innocuous. But I would lean more on the side of why would they lie about the star of their, you know, several million dollar budget movie contracting COVID nineteen? You know what I mean? Well, like, it, why would you shut down production for that? So, so the if it the, weren't actually happening, the rumor is that um, the director can't stand Robert Pattinson, and so he sent him away from the set because he was being difficult. I don't know, some bullshit like that. So I don't know. That yeah. sounds like it's... That sounds... To me, Occam's razor is that, you know, it's obviously just he actually contracted COVID. Yeah, that's a much simpler explanation. All right. So, yeah, I admit it's kind of a weak news uh, week on this, but... Uh, You're wearing your tinfoil hat today. Yeah, I don't know. It caught my eye, and I'm a sucker for that kind of gossipy bullshit, so... But hey, um, <laughs> more solid, unfortunately, is um, what I have here in the notes is all COVID all the time, which is basically yeah. the movie industry is locking down and shutting down even more. Um, a handful of movies, just a few of them that I kind of documented here uh, have been pushed out at least a year so dune is being pushed out to late 2021 Cringe. matrix 4 is late 2021 not that i care um yeah I know, right it's like who's who as we said when we first covered that story who's waiting with baited right? breath who gives to see a, matrix 4 who gives a fuck right so like a matter of fact the rest of the movie's on here so i, I want to see the batman for sure but that's that's yeah also that one that's that's the one that I've been waiting for, but right. So all damn. so all of those twenty twenty two that fucking sucks. Yeah. So the Batman, the Flash, Shazam two, Black Adam, all like Black Adam is TBD still, but most of them have been pushed out to middle to late twenty twenty two, and Shazam two is looking like the middle of twenty twenty three. I wouldn't um, expect those release dates to go anywhere but further back. As well. well. Probably not. So, I mean, assuming the best case scenario is we get a vaccine sometime middle late next year. That probably won't yeah. even help, to be honest with you. Well, I, I think it's still going to be a while for people to start trusting going out in public and being in a theater. So I'm thinking, like, we're going to be, you know, not really doing stuff like this for, I think, three years or so. I'm going to be real with you. Like, it could be. So, wonder maybe w- I'm wearing a tinfoil hat, but, like, I would not be surprised if it took that long. Well, I mean, I think basically um, the few movies that have come out in theaters have taken a bath. Um, yeah, I mean, of course they have. They've, right. They, you know, they're coming out during fucking COVID. Right. So Nobody's they, going to a movie theater. They they tried to see if they could get people out. Uh, part of I the, love seeing movies in theaters, and, you know, we're not going to fucking movie theaters right now. Part of the rumor was that uh, the other thing, rumor that I read was that Wonder Woman might go to streaming, uh, which I think might be a mistake. Um, uh, I mean, if you look at like, if you look at Mulan's sales, that's not really a mistake. 
Maybe. Well, no, I that thought did just that did just fucking fine. I thought Mulan actually had trouble. Like it didn't make as much money as they thought it would, or something. I mean, I I think it still made a shitload of money. Yeah. Like, it just got trashed because it's terrible. Because it's a Disney live action <laughs> remake. And they're all fucking awful. And I I believe we've covered your sentiments we, on that. We we went on my tirade about the Disney live action remakes already. We so. did that. No worries. I'm not. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna reiterate that here. Listen to the last episode if you want to see that. Fair enough. Um, and in line with all of this, it was news, a good tirade, though. I just want to put that in. It was. It was good. Well done. Um. Yeah. In 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 uh in the same vein of news, uh, Regal announced that they're also shutting down everywhere in the U.S. until further notice. Yep. Which is five hundred thirty-six like, theaters. Who didn't see that coming? I don't know. Well, I don't know. I mean, I I guess it makes sense given what's. The all the things I was just saying, but um, yeah, nobody's going to a movie nobody, theater. No movies are coming out. So, but to see it done, to to see that news actually is just kind of it's just deflating because yeah, you know, just to to see it be announced and be real is just you know. Um, well, Regal's overpriced, anyways. So. Well, I <laughs> I was thinking that you know I think O'Neill's is still allowing theater rentals, but the problem is is that. There's no movies. Probably a shitload of money. Yeah. Well, and no, I mean no movies coming out. Well, for example, what what O'Neill's, which for folks who may not be from around here, um, it's a local um, small chain of theaters. Like there's like two or three of them, uh, two or three centers uh, called Brickyard or O'Neill Cinemas. Um, and I believe the plaza is Brickyard, and O'Neill is in the Brickyard. O'Neill O'Neill's a cinemas, right? But there's a they yeah. have they have a couple of sites, but basically they're a smaller chain, and and we like to go there. They have pretty good prices, and they came up with a scheme for renting out a theater for a hundred bucks, and you could get a group of people, Damn. you know, get a bubble of people and watch a movie. But if you get ten people, you you kind of break even. Yeah, I mean that's that's not bad pricing. Oh, I thought you were saying damn, like oh my god, that's expensive. But that's actually no, I'm saying not bad damn, at all. it's cheap. Like that's so cheap. Right. Renting out a theater for a hundred bucks, like I could fucking do that. Right. So we were, I talked to mom and I'm like, yeah, we should maybe get together with some folks and do like, uh, you know, watch Wonder Woman when it comes out. But now there won't be a Wonder Woman. So, you know, oh. uh, I was looking, I was gonna do uh, maybe what go see Dune that way. Um, we have our special guest coming on right now, actually. Is it, Pe- um, is it Penny? It's Penny Seiko coming into my room, uh, and she's currently meowing up a storm. So I'm going to escort her out real quick. All right. Hey, get out, cat. Hold on. <laughs> and that, my friends, was the... Special guest appearance of Penny Seiko. Penny? The obligatory cat shooing of the episode. Well, I, I believe what she was trying to tell us was stop talking about the fucking news and move on to Temple of Doom. Gotta move on to our main topic. Uh, I, yeah, I know. Yeah, Temple of Doom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this one. Oh, yeah, man. So, 
Man alive. For our this listeners, uh... I had been talking to Andy. We're going to kind of go through this one. I tried to do this in the last episode, but I'm I'm going to go through this one kind of linearly, and we'll talk about it a little bit, and oh. that'll be kind of the structure to it. And then we'll, we'll uh, talk about our impressions, overall feelings about it at the end. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so Temple of Doom to say. came out in 84, I believe. And, obviously, Raiders was a huge hit. And this was a really anticipated movie. Um, and, you know, I, I know I was certainly excited when I saw it. Um, and, you know, you kind of... The opening is... is um, this very big, slick, high-production number. Yeah, the, the musical number opening. Yeah. Very um, strange choice for the series, I think. Well, it, I don't know. it's done to... So it opens with, you know, uh, the, the new female lead, um, uh, Willie Scott, played Who by... Who I'm Kate. sure we'll be talking about a lot tonight. Yes. Uh, and not in very flattering terms. Uh, spoilers. Um, yeah, so... Willie Scott, she is the, the, the female lead in this movie, and she does a big song and, and dance number. And and uh, it's very slick, um, and you can tell they spared no expense on this one. And not that they did on yeah. the first one, but uh, uh, it even looks a little bit slicker than the first movie, I would say. It, it definitely does. Yeah. The, like, the film... Just the film like quality the, alone. The, the, the video quality like looks more um, polished, I guess. Right. Which honestly, to me, I don't even like. Like it feels it, it, it lacks some of the charm that comes with like the slightly grainier. Um, you, do you know what I mean? Like I, I just feel like it suits the 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 series having that like, uh, less the less high quality film. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, hold on to that thought because that's that's something that I kind of want to come back to at the end. But uh but yeah, I just loved your quote while we were watching it of like, "Oh my god, it's like springtime for Hitler." It re- <laughs> no, it seriously is. Like it uh, I don't know why, but like the aesthetic of it specifically, like of the of this weird like musical number right. just reminded me of springtime for Hitler. Like that's the only thing that could keep like it just kept popping into my head like the whole time. I'm just like springtime for Hitler. Springtime for Hitler. Springtime for Hitler. I believe they're singing "Anything Goes." It's "Anything it. Goes," I, right? But yeah. she's singing it in but, Chinese, so yeah, well, but half like, Chinese, half English. Oh, but yeah. Oh my god! I'm just like, I, I can't stop thinking about springtime for Hitler when I'm watching. It. <laughs> it's just what it looks like. A little bit. Plus, it's kind of. Um, it's. I mean, I mean, springtime for Hitler in general is like a callback to those like, you know, big show numbers. But like, <laughs> that's my. You know, right. that's what my joking, like, frame of reference is for that now. And that's, like, what I think of when I see stuff like that. Well, it's just kind, so it's like, it's just kind of, you know, it, it's it's huge. And, but then there's that whole moment where they, they make this... Yeah, where they, like, transition right. into, like, they, a, an entirely they, different well, stage. Well, she, she runs, just... right, she runs through an opening into a whole other area that, that looks like it has no audience. And, <laughs> And, and it's a huge like, yeah, tap How are they watching this? <laughs> right. How are they watching this? Because Wait, I just had this, there's I just, all these people <laughs> are just in this club, and she just ran <laughs> away. And what were they just, just like piping her just, in over the over the speakers? I just, I'm like, I just had this, live streaming didn't exist. I just had this 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 vision of like all these this big this big tap number going on in a separate room with nobody watching, and nobody's seeing <laughs> right. it. And they're just like, and and like the dragon head thing is like open, and you just hear like all the tapping and the singing. And you're like, That's something pretty good going on in there. Like, what? 
How are they supposed to see wow, this? Wow, I bet that, this dance that number. Sound, that, How are you supposed to? That sounds like a like really this, great tap to me, number. <laughs> to me, but like to me, that was the like the first red flag of like I was like, this movie does not make fucking like doesn't fucking make sense. Like, <laughs> what is going? It, it's lazy. Like that. It was just lazy. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what's going on? What is happening right now? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that that aside, she runs back in and. And then the number ends, and there's this whole scene where he's making an exchange for, um, I don't know, some, what was I it? I believe it was, like, some diamonds. It? He, want, he wanted, like, a jewel. Oh, right? it, was a, it was a jewel from, uh, from like, the first emperor of China or something like that. And he's yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys. And actually, I thought that the, the Chinese actors... The sequence, I think, was pretty good, actually. This opening sequence well, after the weird springtime for Hitler number. Yeah. Uh, you mean the whole sequence, including the action? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, the whole the whole, like... It's very Bond-esque, specifically. It is. So I, I felt like um, when they're at the table, though, you know, it, it's kind of weird because, and we're going to come back to this again, but basically, you know, they he starts negotiating to hand over the diamond and and um, <laughs> and and get paid, right? He's just going to get paid. And he, a, another red flag for something that is wrong with this movie which doesn't, comes up pretty again, quickly. Right, which doesn't make any sense when you consider the way they established him in the first movie. And granted, this is a prequel. Maybe they're trying to say it's a little bit he's different at this point, but it just seems so yeah, out of character. I, I don't. I mean, here's the thing, though: is I don't like it, <laughs> so it doesn't really matter if they're trying to establish it. You know what I mean? Right. And he and he not only th- does that, but you know, Willie comes over, sits on his lap. Did wait? Did we say what he does, or did we just no? I, mentally I'm, skip over. No, it? I'm gonna I'm gonna bring that up in a second, which is that. So oh, okay. Willie, okay, Willie okay. sits on his lap and it's like, oh, introduce me to your friend, and you know, and. It, very quickly, they established just how fucking vacuous she is. Like she's completely, yeah, yeah, she, yeah. she's just a, she's, she's like, like a gold digger, right? <laughs> Where's the diamond? Oh, diamonds! You know, like she, yeah. she's like the opposite of Karen Allen, right? And I, oh I, my god, I had this Willie. Willie, I'm just gonna say it right now is dreadful. <laughs> <laughs> like, right. there is very, there are very few redeeming qualities about about the character Willie Scott. Yeah, and so. Right away, I mean, the most likable guys at the table are actually the Chinese guys that he's dealing with. So, the diamond. <laughs> yeah, the gangsters are the most likely they, likable people. They make the, the most sense of anybody in the, on the, at the table. But, uh, well, I think that their plan doesn't really make sense. But, well, like, we'll get into that in a second. Yeah, the, the yeah. thing that at the beginning of that, um, well, as you know, I guess we are at that point now, which is you know they they trade the diamond and then. They start they, laughing they poison him because they poison him. And then him. they make him give back the diamond. Like, why, why would you let him know <laughs> you poisoned him? Right. Like, I mean, obviously, he's he's the main character, so he has to get away. Like, right. this is the idea. But, like, what, if I'm going to fucking poison someone, I'm not going to show them the antidote and then tell them, I just poisoned you. Give me back the diamond. I just fish it off his fucking corpse after he dies. Right. Which le- like, But that leads to the next kind of weird thing is 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 to save himself he grabs a giant like fork and shoves it in willie's ribs yeah. and threatens to stab like, her with first it. of all first of all these guys are clearly like super ruthless like i would not think that holding <laughs> right. willie scott the uh abrasive gold digging singer hostage who has no redeeming qualities other than that she's hot like I don't think holding her hostage is going to make these people want to give him the antidote to well, the poison. You know what I mean? No, they they flat out say, uh, "You keep the girl, I'll get another." <laughs> you know, yeah. like, they don't give a shit. <laughs> uh, yeah. So 
but you're right. Like after that, once the action scene starts, it's just classic Indiana Jones. The, and it, oh, the action yeah. scene is awesome. It's great. The action set piece is great. Right. And so he's trying to fight for his life and best, find the antidote. It's the best part of the she's, whole movie. She's chasing the diamond, which actually takes away from the whole scene for me. Like, you know, I know, I know. It's distracting. You're right. And so it's like she's it's like she's supposed to be a comic relief, but she's just distracting me from the from 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 what's actually going on. Yeah, I actually love the the part in this in the sequence where um you know, uh, well, two things. One is the flaming kebab that he throws and scares oh, yeah, the guy. Great. And then the other one that's great. was where he uh, cuts loose the giant gong and they, they run yeah, behind yeah, it. That, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's just classic. Like, right. That's awesome. Um, yeah, and and as you noted on the way out, a couple of nice nods. There was Club Obi-Wan on the club. Um, yeah. And I was totally shocked. So they get to an airfield to to complete their escape. To fly away. And Dan Aykroyd was in that scene for like, two seconds and i'm like that's awesome <laughs> i totally forgot about that when so wait i, I i'm i'm uh, did dan Aykroyd get big like before this movie or was it later well no dan Aykroyd got big uh in the late from like 75 to 80 on oh so this was actually like just a random cameo for like two seconds for him though. yeah so dan Aykroyd got big in um on snl he was well known from snl um by between like 75 and 80 he was you know everybody knew who dan Aykroyd was by that point and he i don't know if he'd had any movies yet um uh i can't remember oh no wait he had done trading places which came out in 82 so he oh my was God, he's in that yeah and that was a huge hit actually that's that's one we should watch maybe not for the show but we should watch it um yeah i don't know if it, i don't know if it qualifies in terms of content for the show but yeah. I, I mean content for the show is whatever the fuck we <laughs> i was just gonna about, say so. i believe we established the content for the show is whatever we feel like so um, yeah uh anyway so i love that they hop on the plane and and the big joke is they, they <laughs> close a, the door yeah, that, and that, says, that reveal the reveal with the plane is really good right where they close the door and, and the guy's name that they're dealing with is Lao Che, and he closes the door, and it's his Lao Che air freight. <laughs> it's, well, it's right. It's right. The best part of it is, it's you know, it's right after he gives him like this, uh, you know, this 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 uh this cocky like so long, right? <laughs> as he like closes the door. See you later, Lao Che, <laughs> and he closes the yeah. door, and it says Lao Che air freight. You know, but <laughs> it was it's a it's a nice little little bit. But then that leads, of course, to the and that's uh, the last moment of quality in the entire movie. <laughs> well. I don't know about that. Maybe not the last. There but, might be uh, a couple of brief moments, but uh, I don't know, man. There's not a lot to like about this movie after this. Yeah, I mean, so right. So they get on the plane and they're they're flying. You know, first of all, I mean, you already established the first logic leap of they should just poison him, kill him, and take the the diamond, right? Now, yeah. now they and I, and I mean now, again, like right, they get on the plot armor, right? But... Right, they get on the plane and they don't. It's his plane. <laughs> And they don't just like jump out of the plane and kill him like within ten minutes. They basically, first of all, they fly him to fucking Nepal. First of all, <laughs> like, first of all, it's his talk plane. about plausible deniability. It's his plane, so why do they even take off? <laughs> Second of all, yeah, I know, right? If like, they, they take could just off, shoot him in there. Why don't they go fly to some private airfield the guy owns and kill him there? Um, Again, I guess like maybe you're looking for like oh the plausible deniability of like he was killed in a plane crash kind of. I'm thing. pretty sure in in China. I don't know if they thought it that far through. I'm though. pretty sure in China in the, in the mid 30s they were more concerned with the the Japanese you know basically you know invading and murdering everybody. But uh, <laughs> they were but but anyway yeah they get on the plane and they start the little travel thing which is nice to see. But you know again they they're flying for like fucking hours before. 
over the Himalayas or whatever it is, they decide to jump out of the plane and abandon them to crash the plane. Again, yeah. Again, first of all, they look back and see there's and then the most wait, wait. wild shit happens. <laughs> wait, they they look back into the plane and they see that they're sleeping. And I and I my first thought is, all right, this is where they shoot him. <laughs> yeah, no. like you just kill him and then you land safely. <laughs> no, but like what they do, they wait. jump out of the fucking plane. <laughs> they jump out of the plane. They jump out of the plane in the middle of the snowy Himalayan mountains. <laughs> where are you going to go? Where are you going after this? What? What was the plan? What was the plan? I think it was genius. I do not no, understand. It's very clear what the plan is. It's it's genius. You you fly for hours. You jump out in the middle of a frozen wasteland and let them crash. And all they have to and then all they have to leap out. Step with, three: profit. <laughs> like right, and then what? And then, but you know, they just don't count on them inflating a raft and floating down in that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, I believe they. I believe they inflate the life raft, life raft in mid air, while uh, right. while they're falling down, and then they land fortuitously in the river. Well, they know they um, they land on the snow, and then the snow carries them. Oh, down. right, right, right. Oh, wait, they they go over a huge cliff. They definitely survive river rapids they, in a random like. They go over a a huge cliff. Don't forget in the raft, and then land in the river. And at that moment. Fonzie jumped over the shark. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> literally, like for some reason, sixteen-year-old me really liked that part. I don't know why. I I, I don't know, man. Like yeah. watching that now, I'm just like I, I watch that scene and I'm like, well, we're going with this tone, are we? <laughs> we are. Like right. I for like I get it. Like there was magic and shit in the other movie, but like, but aside from that submarine shit, like. It felt like fairly plausible. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, for the most part, there's, there's, they, the first movie certainly took its leaps of logic, right? I mean, getting dragged behind the truck. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, but you forgive it because you're in the moment, and it's so much fun, and the music just—I don't know. The like, music. Just I don't know why specifically then... this just took me out of it, but like it, I don't know. Something about like this specific thing really like made me feel like they jumped the shark. Well, I but, don't know why. But to your point, right, which was that even like being dragged behind the truck or you know standing on the submarine, you know, that all seemed like you know certainly a stretch for sure, like a big stretch, but but for some but, reason it felt more possible but, than this. But could. you you know you're more willing to forgive it. There's some level of plausibility to it that you're willing to forgive, okay? And plus, yeah. plus, it's just it's earned. By that point in the movie, it's earned your trust, right? It's earned. Like, it's earned. Your, yeah, it's they, earned they've already like demonstrated that this is a solid movie. You know what I mean? By that point, right? They they've earned they've earned it by that point. In this movie, I mean, you could you could argue that the first movie earned some trust, but jumping out of a plane in a raft while it's inflating, and just just, just like, the logic. I don't leaps, know why. Just the logic leaps I, of, uh, of. And I feel like to me, like it's it's the consecutive number of things happening at, in a row. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like if they had just like jumped out, inflated the raft, and then they land in the snow, like okay, whatever. Like they inflated the life raft and it saved them, right? But they like jump out of the plane, inflate the raft in midair. They hit the snow. They slide down the snow, and then they land in river rapids, and then they fall down the river or something well, like that. Well, no, it was the don't forget the three hundred foot drop or whatever. They go over a right? fucking waterfall or something like that. Like they might have, but they there was. It's just a lot in a row to take. Right. right. It's it's yeah. It's just too much. 
Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, but that gets them to the next step, which is where they come upon, you know, this uh, village in India. And and here's where we get to the interesting part of the movie. Well, this is where it starts to get into, away from um, just leaps of logic and into... Yikes. Kinda, <laughs> yeah, kind of kind of out and out Yikesville. Um, and so they come upon the village. The village is, you know, it, it it's destitute and not just destitute because they it's it's a small village in the middle of nowhere, but because the uh, you know, there's no the crops are all dying and the people are just starving and, and clamoring for help. And and, you know, it's just they they go in they talk to the elders and they explain how uh, darkness has fallen across the land and and the uh these, and only the white man can save it us it kind of feels that way like they describe That's how the, what it feels the, like the stone the stone that was in the center of their village that gave life to their village has been stolen by these people in Pankot palace and they also have taken all their children away and and that's where you see Indy's steely resolve come in, where they took the kids, and now he's going to come save them. Because apparently, you know, they needed a white guy to come do that. <laughs> yeah, they needed, the, they needed the special white man to come and, and, find the, uh, and find their magic rock. Right. And, you know, and, and they dig into... Well, and actually, you know, one of the likable parts of this scene is where he's with the villagers, and they're trying to feed him. And, and the food, you know by to us looks pretty good does not look it does not look good and willie's refusing to eat it which is understandable considering they have a famine at the at the time right and and he's and she's you know she's like i can't eat this like here you eat it and he's he just lectures her and and it's a nice yeah he's like it's a nice moment he's like eat the goddamn food this (laughs) this is the more food than these people eat in a week eat the goddamn food and uh you know i mean because she just just digs hole after hole she's just completely unlikable she's awful she's so unlikable right and she never turns around dude she never turns around yeah and uh was it was it in this scene i had it i have it here written down but like was it was it here that he talks about fortune and glory it's right afterwards yeah you know they're so they start off on a train to you know uh 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 the village has given him them some elephants, and first of all, you know. Oh no, no, no! It's before. It's before that. He so they have the conversation with like the elders, uh, with the elder, right? And then him and short. There's like that scene where him and Short Round are like standing on the village outskirts at night, and they're like, "He's like, are we gonna go after them, Indy?" And he's like, "We're gonna go after him for fortune and glory." <laughs> he's like the the Frank Reynolds of. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna take these rubes for everything they're worth. <laughs> I'll get them your kids back as a joke. Listen, kid, they don't know what they got here. They got these rocks with diamonds in them, and and <laughs> these guys have no idea uh, what they're shitting go on. Get... I'm gonna flip them for twice. There, <laughs> we go get the rocks. We give them some other rocks, and we're great. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah so the whole just... the whole notion, right? It just flips on its head. Of like, here's this guy who's this this high minded high minded archaeologist. What did he say last movie? He said, I can't remember if he exactly said if he exactly said this, but. The mentality was he wanted it for the museum. Right. He wanted to preserve the artifact. He's risking and his now, life and limb to obtain these things to be preserved, right? I mean, he doesn't care about the money, right? He was like Marcus comes in and 
tells him how much money they made from this, and he's like, "All right, great, give me that. I can go back and get the the idol that they stole from me, so I can bring it back here." He doesn't in yeah. that movie. He doesn't give a shit about the money. He doesn't care about fortune and glory. And again, they could say that this is a prequel, yada yada. But I, you know, it's just—it's just so unlikable. It's, it's, it's such an unlikable motivation, right? This movie is like set in 1935. Raiders is set in 36. You can't tell me there's that big of a fucking character leap, you know, between the two movies. Yeah, um, I just—I don't know, man. Like, but you know, she just, just, yeah. It just feels wrong to hear Indiana Jones like his whole motivation is that he wants to steal these rocks from these indigenous people and sell them for fortune and glory. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, unless we really Man. misread the usage of it, but it really felt like, you know, just, yeah. I, Cause like, at least in, at least in Raiders, like the thing that they're, that, you know, that they're, that they're digging up has been, you know, unused for centuries. Right. <laughs> like right. nobody's, nobody's missing the Ark of the Covenant right now, you know, but like in this, like, it's literally like demonstrably shown that like the rock is the reason their village lives. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, and he's like, I'm, I'm going to take these rubes for every last cent. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad Danny, Danny DeVito's connecting with a whole new generation. I love it. Um, there you go. But um, yeah, so they it just doesn't, it does not, he does not feel like Indiana Jones in this movie. No. And uh, right. And the only, I have to say, like, well, they're on the village, the trip from the village to the palace. You know, there's there are some nice moments. I thought in the jungle there were some nice moments between them. And when she's she was kind of funny there when she's kind of going from place to place and being freaked out by the different animals and and oh that and dude that bit that bit wore out its welcome so it, much it like, went on I, too long. It, it's like him and Short Round are having like kind of a nice scene. And then, like, going on around it is just, like, Willie just shrieking screaming. constantly for comic relief. <laughs> but, and I'm like, oh, all right, my God, but, I'm going to fucking blow my brains but out. But there was one good moment, though, when... Yeah, the end of it is... Where the snake bit. comes down her shoulder. She's like, oh, please. And one more time, she thought it was the elephant and just chucks the snake. <laughs> yeah, and she just... And he's freaking out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, so. obviously, as we know, why did it have to be snakes? Exactly. Um... Right, and so they get to the palace. The palace has, uh, you know, these yeah nice rich people, and then you've got you know the kind of colonizer British general there, or whatever the hell he, that that guy is, and they're meeting everybody, and they're at a big banquet, and it just feels like so. One thing is, is Willie as D as D foreigners crazy right will but willie first as d reynolds is like she her eyes light up and she, all <laughs> yeah. she can see is the money and like oh how old like is the prince looking for a husband i'm like okay yeah and the prince is like He's 10 like years 12. old 12 i'm surprised she didn't like keep going like in true d reynolds fashion yeah i know right like right but they bring out the food and yeah you're right it's like the whole the whole scene with the food where they bring out all this the stuff these like, foreigners eat such wacky gross aren't, food. yeah aren't foreigners weird i mean snake surprise chilled monkey brains bugs eyeball soup Ick. i can't believe that <laughs> right so like the only thing that was realistic is like eating the beetles like maybe yeah that i could actually see happening i, I don't know if people in india actually eat beetles or not but like you know, people, eating bugs is not that uncommon around the world. Pe- like, people do, right? Um, but like, the nobody nobody cuts open like a fried snake full of live smaller snakes to eat them, and I'm fairly certain nobody eats eyeball soup. 
I um, I have no idea. All cor- I... Correct me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. But like, it definitely gives off some uh, you know, brown people weird vibes. Yeah, it it feels like basically the whole point is to, you know. Yeah, just let's think of the grossest shit we can, and regardless of whether or not it's true, uh, we're gonna put it out there, and and you know, yeah, it, it just it kind of felt really not right. <laughs> yeah, so, um, it feels like they're just kind of like, and, and that's kind of a theme through this movie to me is just like, it feels like they're just kind of like, I I don't know what do, what do Indians do, and then they're like, you know, <laughs> right. like that's kind of. But you know what I mean? Like, that's what it feels like, like the whole like, movie. It just feels like they're, like, maybe... shooting from the hip. Like, okay, what's the most stereotypically Indian thing we could maybe do? Like, I, I don't know. They, like, they're cultists for Kali, I guess, or something like that. Like, I don't know if that's even a real thing. Is that a real thing? Probably not. <laughs> I don't know. Like, run with it. The way this movie handles it, definitely <laughs> right. not. It's, like, literally, like, oh, yeah, just run with it. You know, we're kind of on a de- yeah. we're kind of on a schedule, so, like, let's, let's keep it, it just, like, keep it moving along. It reads like they put, like literally zero care into the idea that like you know into the into the culture they were trying to well i don't even know if trying to depict is the right way to put it because they they were not trying well Um, well it it felt like at times that they really felt like they were trying to um you know show us the culture but at the same time it just felt like window dressing it was just like lip service yeah or gag or it gags. felt like there it felt like it was there it felt like it's there just to be like wow isn't this exotic right you know what i mean right. like it, it's or like isn't that wacky right that, that these brown people do this like right it feels gross it like you know what i mean right so they it, it definitely feels like they just kind of like you said like they they could have put a little more research into like you know a little more effort into like hey let's let's really try to represent you know it, i'm sure there are things they could have done in that vein that would not have been like ridiculous or offensive if yeah. they had just tried <laughs> you know so I, I yeah like what do you put in like a little bit of dramaturgical effort and all of a sudden like you could make this not racist. If you just put in a little bit of effort. (laughs) It's, it's not that hard. Like talk to some fucking Indian people. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that, I don't think that's possible. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. I think just goes to show you racism is lazy. It kind of. Yeah, it is. Right. It's fucking lazy. Right. That's what I said last time. It's fucking lazy. Right. Basically, um, it's lazy whether it's in the context of this stuff or if you're looking to scapegoat an entire people for your own problems. Right. Um, well, like, yeah, that's lazy in and of itself, that, too. That like, is another form of laziness instead of self... It's not applying nuance to your worldview. Right. Instead of examining your own issues and what the real problems might be, you know, it's much easier to latch on to something else. So, anyway... Before we go down the political <laughs> run yeah. of that, well, it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to avoid. It's it, kind of hard to avoid it these days, because, and, and in this movie, right? Well, well, yeah. specifically with this movie, just because it's you know it's not exactly a racially sensitive film. Mm, yeah, that's being kind. Um, yeah. So moving on from the banquet scene, you know, there's the the 
Actually, I thought there was a little bit of charm to the scene where they're kind of wooing each other and then they get angry at each other. There was a little bit of charm I still, to that. I still just do not, like, I still just find Willie, like, terminally unlikable. Oh, no. No matter what. I mean, like, yeah. No, she's she's not, I mean, she's hot. She's just, like, it. such an entitled asshole. Right. Right. Uh, and that's pretty much the fact that she's attractive is about all she has. I mean, it's. I, I'm sure that's enough for, for most people but she's just like once you get past the look she's just not a good person at all um she's dreadful and then the the head scratcher in this one was you know when when they're ambushed and you know i thought it was kind of cool when the guy (sighs) oh oh we're talking about the ceiling fan not what i not what i thought we were talking about oh the hey i'm right here or which no no the I, I thought we were getting on to the to the thing that I couldn't even fucking. Oh watch. no no! Well, that leads to it. So they get ambushed, and I thought like you know that they they get out of it like the last guy they do away with. He he gets <laughs> his he gets his um his tunic or whatever it is his his clothes wrapped up in the ceiling fan, and the ceiling fan pulls him up and kills him. Now yeah. I don't know about you, but I've I've seen plenty of ceiling fans out. in my life. And I'm pretty sure they don't have enough power to pull up a 250-pound guy and kill them. Well, I got nothing about that. Or yeah. maybe the clothes will rip because I'm pretty sure the clothes. Well, maybe they were pulling it and you get strangled or something. I don't know, dude. It's dumb. it was pretty fucking dumb. Um, yeah, and then from there they go. If they find a secret chamber, they go down. And oh, the, the death chamber. It's you know it's, it's, it's kind of like the opening scene from the first movie. Where they they trigger a trap and no, it's it's so much worse than. But the first, the, than just the to get there, they're movie. walking through hallways covered in like fucking millions of bugs, and Ugh, then they get into the so death bad. chamber room, and then, you know, the only time I felt sympathetic to Willie is when she has to go down the hallway, in Ugh. like that dress and the slippers, and she's stepping through yeah. bugs, Ugh. and then she's got to reach through that fucking disgusting hole and grab the lever. And, yeah. and just, oh my God. I mean, it's 36 years later. I still can barely get through that. I scene. can't, I couldn't even, like, dude, they took it too far in that scene. Like, I could not watch it. So it seems to be, it was so bad. It seems to be the theme. They took it too far in the opener. They took it too uh, too far with the plane. They took it too far with uh, the fall. I, they oh. took it too far with the banquet. <laughs> you know, it's just like, dude, it's just like, it's so, like, uncomfortable. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Ugh. Right. Oh my god, it's so bad. I I was cringing the whole time. Yeah, and so that couldn't end fast enough for me. And they have the classic thing where they're barely escaping, and he has to reach back and get his hat before the door closes. So I I did like that. Yeah, I mean that's charming, obviously. Right. But uh, and then they stumble down. They go through the hallway some more, and they stumble upon the sacrifice scene where they're making an <laughs> yeah. offer to uh, is it Kali? Is that the name of the god? I believe that is the. Uh, yeah. I believe that is it. Yes. And because he says Kali Ma. Shock. Today, thirty-five years later, I still remember the. Um, but this is the scene that gave us PG thirteen. Yep. Where he reaches through into the person's heart, pulls out his beating heart while he lives, and then they lower him into this like lava pit, and he's the sacrifice, and the heart bursts into flame, and the guy laughs like you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much the you know standard hollywood evil laugh stuff um, yeah <clears throat> um yeah the, the sacrifice scene was i don't know I, I don't really have too much bad about that but other than um 
you know, once again, like, she focuses on the diamonds, right? She just saw a guy murdered, you know, <laughs> yeah. through, with magic. And, and she wants to get the diamonds. Diamonds. Right. So, but yeah, I don't know. I, a lot of shit happens. And I think my next thing is really just going through the escape, right? So they're caught. Yeah. Andy is put into a trance. And then, you know, short. That's just dumb. Like, right. I, I don't know. For all the magic in the, in the series, like, it's just dumb to me. But yeah, it just doesn't play well you know, anymore. And, um, short round is the hero right here. He escapes, he's put into, into yeah. labor with the kids. And like literally right before he does it, I think you said, wait, why don't the kids just use their tools to escape? <laughs> then... Yeah. Yeah. Cause he's, <laughs> there, it's a bunch of kids who are like chained up and like, you know, obviously you're going to get like, you know, there's the power, the, the power of authority is, you know, a powerful thing, but like these kids are like hammering into rocks with like, pickaxes and they have chains around their feet and you're like you'd think at least like a couple rambunctious kids would try to break those chains with the pickaxes and run right you know what i mean which is what short round does so he breaks the chains he runs he has kind of a cute escape um and i was like you know he throws a rock on the head of the guy i'm like i'm thinking like there's hundreds of these kids i'm pretty sure that one of them could have figured out like breaking free and throwing rocks on these guys which they actually do later um well only once the white man shows them how oh well there is that um that's the thing is they needed the white man to save them first and then once he did that you know right it just would have never occurred to them otherwise then then you can rise up once the white man tells you uh for the humor impaired we're being heavily sarcastic um yeah but you know and actually most of the escape is pretty good i mean he goes up to the the room i think the kid's really cute you know um and you know he tells him he loves There's him. the thing we pointed out with uh you know he can do you know kung fu well out of nowhere. i was kind of getting to that point so like they they he frees him he turns indy back and they have this kind of little heartwarming wink to each other before they go into action and i swear to god the kid is like 50 pounds soaking wet and of course it just feel it yeah. just feels like oh okay the kid's Asian so clearly he's Asian he knows how to do kung fu right. they all learn that over there right but like, he's like seven ugh. years old or ten years old and he's he's he, you know he's he's kicking people that are like two hundred and fifty pounds and you know it just it's just fucking cringeworthy it's like yeah um, it feels like it belongs in a schlock B movie <laughs> not like a Hollywood blockbuster you know what I mean yeah it's it just it like it does not seem like something that would come out of the same franchise as the movie we watched previously. I actually feel like Steven Spielberg, while we're talking about this, does not get enough shit about this movie. It, he needs more. I, if like, dude, I didn't remember like, well, I hadn't seen this movie in a while before I saw this one. Yeah. Again, and it's just like. Man, it is so much worse than I ever remembered it being. This honestly felt like, um, for me, like this movie's worse than Crystal Skull. I think. I, I think I think it is. Well, I mean, we'll revisit Crystal Skull soon, but like, I have a feeling that in the end, I'm gonna come out thinking this one's worse than Crystal Skull. Probably. Um, I kind of had the same feeling, um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I feel like it's just, you know, the. 
there just doesn't feel like a lot of real thought put into this one, other than no, other than it feels like they literally just were like other than the uh, I, I don't know what do Indians do, what do Chineses do? I, you know, like, <laughs> it feels like this is the Frank Reynolds episode. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. It feels like a Frank Reynolds money laundering scheme. So <laughs> Frank's little beauties. <laughs> <laughs> For anyone uh, listening, that is one of the better episodes of Always Sunny. And I'll, yeah, I'll that, that it, one's great. You should check that I'll out. I'll just leave it at that. But um, <laughs> High recommend. But yeah, I mean, you know, it, the it feels like they just, um, they spent more time trying to figure out elaborate action sequences than actually trying to make a good story. Really? That's that's exactly what it feels yeah. like. Like um, you have some great, act, like, like the minecart chase, which I kind of had next on the list, which was... It's a great. Oh, I, I do not like that at all. I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was great. Dude, it started happening. It started happening, and the first thought that entered my head was, "Okay, so where's the amusement park ride?" <laughs> I don't even know if it ever became. Because one. it literally looks like that. That whole sequence literally just looks like it was designed to be made into an amusement park ride. Uh, I don't know if it ever did. I mean, you might be right, but uh, it, it could have. Maybe, maybe because the movie didn't do too well, they didn't do it. But, uh, but even then, it, clearly a lot of. Did it not do well? No, I think it did well, but I mean, it might not have done. I was going to say, there's a there's another sequel afterwards, so it can't have done that poorly. No, I think I think it still made a lot of money. It's kind of like, um, you know, like uh, what you call it? I was going to say, uh, Force Awakens or one of those movies, or you know, it's like it's it's uh, it makes a shitload of money, but it's not a great movie. But uh, oh wait, I don't want to go back through that because I don't want to start another. Yeah, we're not relitigating. We're not relitigating that. That We that already one. argued that. If anybody out. wants to hear that argument, go back a few episodes. But um, uh, I believe it's episode three. Right. But um, I don't know why I have this note. I can't remember, but I wrote down there's some kind of Star Wars and Han Solo callback in this minecart sequence, but I have no idea what it I, is. I'm not sure. Uh, were we joking about stormtrooper aim? Uh, not yet, but that is coming. Because that is a thing in this movie. There's a lot of stormtrooper. Well, that's after they so they escape and then they're trying to cross this this rope bridge with uh, with the rocks. Oh wait, did we talk about the voodoo doll thing? Oh my god, no, we didn't. So while they're in the oh mines and like uh, Indy's having a fight with with a big bad down there, a big guy and short rounds. Yeah, he's like a, a he's like a he's like a sub boss. Right, and then uh, uh, the 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 Indian prince, the young kid is using a fucking voodoo doll to stab Indy and, and give him pain. And I'm like, is and that... Again, you're just like... Is that even a thing in India? I just thought that was... I don't even think that's a thing <laughs> right? in I Indian don't, culture. I don't know. Like, I'm pretty sure that's from, like... Aren't voodoo dolls from, like, the Caribbean? I thought that the, that whole idea comes from... Right, from from the Caribbean, right. And so I, I don't... I'm just like, <sighs> what the fuck? And then... That whole that whole bit. The only thing good about that scene is is after uh, they're they're escaping and they're in the carts and he's trying to catch up and he jumps on a thing and he kind of has to daringly slide through and you know jump jump into the cart at the end. Um, yeah. That that bit. So again, when it's just action, aside from the mind-boggling fucking. Oh, like the doll, action set pieces in this movie are really good. Really for the good. Most part. Yeah. Like. That's what's that's the only good thing about this fucking movie, to be honest with you. Like the story sucks. The treasure is not as compelling as the last treasure. It's pretty fucking racist. Um The characters are not as enjoyable. I mean, Short Round and Indy kind of have like a cute dynamic together, but like Willie just makes this movie unfucking bearable. 
Um, well, yeah, let's let's hold off on that because yeah, yeah, we'll 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 sum yeah. it up. But like, but basically, no, I mean, but basically, yeah. So f- for the most part, it's like a barely passable story to get you between action sequences. Um, and then you get to the bridge, right? So the bridge where they're escaping. Yeah. And honestly, there's still even a couple of moments on the bridge that are pretty good. I like I like the part where, you know, they're closing in on him on the bridge. Then the the bad guy forces Willie and Short Round onto the bridge, and uh, yeah, and he's like, he starts talking to um, um, Short Round in in Chinese, and he's like, "Oh, lady, you better hold on to something." <laughs> And he's yeah, like, yeah, he's yeah. like, she's like, oh my god! This is the only moment where I sympathize with her, where he's like getting ready to cut the rope on the bridge and and send everybody down, and yeah. uh, he's like, he's crazy! And then he cuts the bridge, and you know, granted, next leap of logic, everybody that didn't fall immediately probably would have been killed the minute they hit the wall. But uh, yeah, they hit the, the it flies down, and then you just go right, <laughs> like splat against the rock wall, right, like fucking Looney Tunes, right? But uh. Yeah. So then there's a scramble up the bridge and that whole thing. And then, um, you know, he's on, he catches up with the bad guy and they're struggling over the bag. And Indy, apparently now expert on, on Indian um, gods and mythology, starts saying, you betrayed Shiva and starts whispering words. And I guess what are, I assume is Hindi. And uh, and the rocks start <laughs> burning through the bag and fall out. Yeah, and that's what does the guy, and he's trying to grab the rocks, and he falls to his death. And it burns, right? But Indy catches one rock, and my thought was like, okay, he caught the one rock for the one village, but the other two villages are completely fucked. The other villages (laughs) completely fucked. I, and again, like I don't know, it's a good joke, but like I don't know if there were supposed to be other villages that the other two belong to. I'm not sure exactly where the other two came from. I don't know if they ever cover it, but like. Yeah, well, like I think the whole. I guess only that village matters. Well, that was the thought that crossed my mind. I mean, you're probably right. I do think I recall they were talking about the whole reason for the mine was was they were digging for these. Stones. Yeah, they were trying to dig up the other right, two, right? right? Weren't weren't there supposed to be five so, total? Something like that, yeah. And so, um, but they get the stones, and of course, you know, at the last minute, you know, oh, this is where the stormtrooper aim comes in. So, like, all of his minions are on the yeah. other cliff, and there's hundreds of them shooting arrows that just that that. They just can't, they can't, they can't they, make the mark. They can't fuck it. Clearly, they've been practicing their whole lives, but they can't hit anything. And then, of course, you know, the colonizer... The white man The colonizer shows them. up with the troops that, that they forced into service. And, and Isn't it so great that the great British Empire was here exploiting the native population so they could come save us? Right, exactly. Like, and so they, they come and, and uh, rescue them. and They rescue them with their civilized Western... <laughs> None of these bows and arrows. None of that garbage. We have guns. Again, yeah, I'm being extremely facetious. Yes, we're. It's pretty fucking racist. We're, we're pretty, yeah. So both of us are. Yes, we're we're not serious. But uh, but that leads to the heroic return, which of course, first he has to. He's all the, these people have been without their kids for like oh my fucking God. months. This was a and that way dreadful. Please allow me. He walks. He walks <laughs> up. First, he has to go up. And strike a heroic pose, then all the kids come flying in, right? And it's just oh. like, you know, it's like, wait a minute, kids, hold on a minute. I know you're anxious to see I your gotta parents, make my entrance. but please, <laughs> like, let me make my entrance first, then you can come rushing in. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's so bad. 
But yeah, the white guy saves the village and they put the rock back. Oh my god! And he and he he get, does his best like heroic white guy, like yes, I now I understand their power, you know, kind of thing. I finally understand yeah. the native population. Right. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. It's just like I'm cringing. You know but I, I mean? remember like, what I was gonna say. Yeah, like I was just kind of waiting. Dude, the white savior narrative is so. I just kind of felt so bad waiting for this movie to end and i and i really i yeah. really did not expect it to be that bad i thought you know i kind of guess just now we're into the summary but the the whole endeavor just feels like empty and soulless it's just this like hey it doesn't even feel like it belongs to the same franchise as raiders of the lost Ark. no if you know what it feels like it feels like a much better made B version knockoff of Indiana Jones. Yeah, you know it feels like it feels like the bargain bin sequel that was like direct to video, yeah. but they actually gave it a theatrical release by so, accident. So after Indiana Jones came out, right? The, after Raiders came out and was very popular, there there were a bunch of like knockoff kind of B, like Alan Quartermain and the something of gold lost something of city of gold whatever a bunch i didn't even know that was yeah i mean exactly you don't because it was terrible and it didn't go anywhere or you know and there were certainly other movies that kind of took the flavor of this and and had different degrees of success but there were a lot of those kind of b style knockoffs and that's what this feel like feels like except it has the actual actors seriously and and it seriously does and so the whole thing about like you we've already we already hit on it the fortune and glory version of Andy just seems completely off. I do not like it at right. all, dude. I don't like it at all. Willie is just irritating, loud, and terrible. <laughs> yes, uh, exactly. You know, she's a gold digger. She's arrogant. She's a glory hound. And by the end of the movie, there's and, no... And the worst part is she never changes. She never, there's no sign of growth, right? She never, ever changes. And it's not even clear why he would like her except... That she's really hot. I don't think like anybody <laughs> changes in this movie. I don't really think anybody does. Well, no, I mean, he, like, I think he's got looking. He's at got it. some change where he's, you know, um, I mean, ostensibly, but right? I don't know. Like, I don't feel it. I don't feel like they earned it. Maybe the the scene where he's like, "I understand their power now," is where he. Maybe that's the segue to the indie that we know in Raiders, but I don't buy it for a second. I just don't feel like they earned that. You know no. what I mean? No. With what they did in the movie, they definitely did not earn like a. Uh, I, I now understand that this is uh, a sacred thing and like we should be we should be preserving like I I didn't see the arc there is no arc no no and yeah and I, I think we've hit on it enough in that sense but it's it's basically you know like we were saying before great production value some great lines but just empty and again um, it's kind of like with the the Star Wars sequels, uh, you know, I, I love the actors, and I thought the actors were great in most cases. I mean, even Kate Capshaw. I don't know. Like, even, I don't even love Harrison even, Ford in But even Kate Capshaw is doing what she's being told to do and doing the lines. And and I feel like that they're doing the best they can with what they have, but it's just shit. I, yeah, it's just not it's good. It's not good. Like, the material is bad. And and I, maybe we didn't hammer it home enough, but... The fucking racism is ridiculous. It's fucking racist, dude. <laughs> this racist movie is racist fuck. as shit. <laughs> just... Like, oh my god. And I don't mean to laugh about it. Like, 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 racism is not funny. It's just, it's just. No, but I can't. It's not funny, but like, it's just like it's so blatant. I, it's like, just... it bangs you over the goddamn head. You're like, oh my god. And it's like from you just can't like looking at it now. You're like, how did they ever make this? Because, but I mean, you because know, it w- it's just like we talked about at the end of the last episode. 
it was just it's all fucking white guys writing it, it and they don't even take five seconds to be like hey maybe we should talk to some indian people about how we can accurately represent their culture it's not even just like, the white guys writing and making it it's the white it's them it's the it's the studios and the suits and it's everything they're you know and you're talking about early 80s i mean there's there's very there's very little progress in that area i think until even recently right it's only now that you're getting people like Ava DuVernay, if I'm saying the name right, is doing like a huge Marvel movie now. She's doing, um, oh my God, what is it? It's uh, it's the one set. I can't remember. I never read the comics, so I can never remember what it is. But it's it's about the, uh, is it the Eternals? Is that the name of it? Oh, oh, yeah. oh, Eternals. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, and, you know, obviously Ryan Coogler with Black Panther and all that stuff. I mean, it's only now that you're just starting to really get... I mean, there have certainly been black directors and and people of color who have made their mark in cinema, but they were not... It was it, it was it was fits and starts in, like, the 80s and 90s. And really, actually, only... And it's still fucking... Only in dude. the 90s. Hollywood is so fucking white still. But it's, it's like, only now, really, that it's really become like hitting critical mass with with them really making it but you know well, but you know why of like demanding more representation is hitting critical mass now but but, like, but dude i don't think that but, like but, it's actually there no yet. but i'm telling you but the thing is is black panther made fucking two billion dollars that's ultimately oh right. well i mean yeah that was a big a big step forward well well but that's my point so all of a sudden it's like the light bulb just fucking went off that Oh wait, there's a whole group of people in the it world who would, when you, when will you pay a fuckload more of money for this. You, right. when, you, when you actually like put work into into giving people representation in cinema, it turns out you make a lot of money. Weird, Weird how that happens, huh? Uh, <sighs> but at least it's starting to happen now, um, and hopefully that continues. Hopefully, when movies. But man, like, but but this movie is like jarringly racist. Watching it, it just it, it really. It super hits home when he hits the village. That's when it's just suddenly like, yeah, I mean. that's where I feel it. Yeah. Like, dude, the white savior narrative is just like, it's just pushed so hard in this movie. And, ugh, it's gross. And, uh, I, again, it's that kind of, it's not the overt racism. It's the, it's the systemic kind that just i don't know i think it feels pretty fucking overt in this well movie, I, to be honest to, with you well like, no but i mean my i think it's i think what it's brought about by is a lack of like care for the subject matter no which but in I'm, and of I'm, itself is like a systemic form of no racism. but i'm telling you that that the people when they made this did, did not think hey we're going to be racist here they actually probably thought no they, they were, just didn't actually talk to any fucking they, indian people right they said we're going to make a movie about other cultures with with people from other countries but we're not actually going to talk to anybody or include anybody from those cultures in the making of this yeah. movie which is the lazy and when part. you do that like right. you're just going to wind up being racist right like, that's just it's invariable in fucking variably you're just going to wind up being racist exactly like right and and most likely it was because you know you have the the people in control are at that especially at that time are thinking like oh well we know what's going to play better you know we know our audience we know yeah. the audience and they don't they didn't know fucking shit that's it's well they're not making this you know they're making this for white they're making people. it like, for white people like, exactly so and they're not even considering like the idea that you know people who aren't white might like watch movies right <laughs> like yeah ugh. anyway i don't know so, uh, yeah, I think, 
I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say neither of us like this movie very much. Um, no, I do not like this movie. Did, this movie is fucking bad, I, I dude. I did not like this movie, Sam. I am. Um, yeah. yeah, I did not either. I like what I like. You know, it's bad. You know, movies bad when like it's over and you're like, ugh. You yeah, know? I need a shower. <laughs> I kind of like. I kind of like groaned a sigh of relief when the movie was over, and I'm like, yeah. I man, I hope watching. Uh, I hope watching Last Crusade is not as uh, dreadful as watching this was. Um, Cause I'm pretty sure that my I have high hopes that that Last Crusade on a rewatch is not gonna reveal the same kind of stuff. But I'm we I hope. hope. You but honestly, know. I feel I, feel, <laughs> I haven't watched that movie in a while. But either, I, so. I feel like that's because, and again, that's for next week. But I feel like that's because Last Crusade gets them out of the areas where they can get into the most trouble. Which is tr- well, and they also use the get out of jail free card of the Nazis are villains again. And so, quite honestly, I can't get enough. It works. I can't get enough <laughs> of Nazis, either old school Nazis or neo Nazis getting punched in the fucking face. Yeah, so, I mean, right. it's just pretty fucking it's sweet. Pretty great. So. so, anyway, on that note, Andrew, uh, I, I enjoyed our talk, even though this film really was not good. <laughs> I did as well. I did as so, well. Uh, uh, to uh, to hopefully watching a better movie this week. Yes. Um, and then one of potentially comparable quality afterwards. Onward and upward. Please, please save us, folks, from uh, Lucas and Spielberg from from another fucking shit show like this. Dude, I can't. We still have to watch Crystal Skull. Uh, I bet even Crystal. Oh my god. I bet even Crystal Skull is not going to be. I bet Crystal Skull is better than this, but like. Yeah. Oh, oh man, this movie is. Uh, I just want to get back to a movie that this one belongs in the dustbin. I just want to get back to a movie that's just bad because dustbin, it's bad not and not pin. because it's fucking horribly racist. <laughs> yeah. So, oh. Well, no, that's the thing though. Like, that's what makes this movie so fucking unlikable. Is that like, it's both horribly racist and it's not a good movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, on top of that, like, I mean, it would not be. It would be a bad movie even if it was just racist. But like. On top of being racist, it's also like failing filmmaking fundamentals Which, that just like make it not right. Good. This is in the class of movie like um, uh, the Rise of Skywalker, where it's got all the money in the world to make, and it's just it's just complete garbage. Dude, they had no excuse for this movie being as bad as it is. Right. There's no excuse. Right. Like, oh, awful. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. I don't know. I don't know if there's much more well to say. Said. I, I've got nothing else. Uh, so, yeah. Thanks, everybody. I hope you enjoyed listening. And uh, please, again, like us, rate us on, on your podcast app of yeah, choice. Yeah, check out our socials. Get on our socials. That's uh, Fight With Mike on Instagram um, and Fight With Mike. Underscores between the underscores words. between the words and Fight With Mike podcast on Facebook. Um, just look for the picture Batman slapping Robin. Well, no, it's not Batman slapping Robin because that. Oh, I'm sorry. It's uh, it's Mike and his superhero cowl, and Andy and it his is, boy wonder, uh, boy, 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 boy sidekick suit getting it slapped. Is, it is two heroes that bear absolutely no resemblance to trademark characters that could get <laughs> us in trouble, with the older one slapping the younger one, right? Yeah. Right. All yes, right. Yes. Like us, everybody, and keep listening, please. Hell yeah. Peace out. Love you, buddy. All right. Peace. Love you, too.
later. Yeah. 